fortune lies beyond the stars those dazzling heights too vast to climb I got so high too Swept low, my heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down, upward falling, spirit soaring. I touched the sky when my knees hit.
welcome. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad to be spending Mother's Day with all of you today. Thank you for joining us. Yes, happy Mother's Day. I, I don't know if you can read the scripture at the bottom right here, but it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Would you read that last line with me? She laughs without fear of the future. Mom, I don't know if you feel that way today, but hopefully by the end of the service that the Word of God will lift your heart, lift your spirit, lift the Spirit of God. Uh, do something in your heart, maybe lift, and hopefully you'll feel, leave here feeling a little bit lighter and laughing uh, without fear of your future. We're going to talk about three different things that, that moms uh, deal with. Uh, these are human, but moms deal with a little bit more than the average of these things. And the first one uh, is guilt. And I just want to read a true story. And I think it just kind of sets up why moms tend to have a little more guilt than the average. A little boy forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. His mother was on the front row to prompt him. She gestured and gestured and formed the word silently with her lips, but it didn't help. Her son's memory was blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue, I'm the light of the world. It's a true story, by the way. The child beamed and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice said, my mother is the light of the world. Well, it's a funny story, but what does that have to do with guilt? Uh, Well, for uh, many children, mom is the light of the world, and that's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, and moms feel that responsibility. I want to read an interesting uh, quote to you. This is a famous leadership, or has become a famous leadership quote. Winston Churchill, the famous leader of England back in World War II, said what has become, again, a very famous uh, leadership mantra and quote, and it's this, "I I am your servant. You have the right to dismiss me when you please. What you have no right to ask me is to bear responsibility without the power of action. Now, what that is, what is taught from that in the leadership world is you can't expect more responsibility out of somebody than they have power to act and power maybe to say to control or to influence. And so what does this have to do with motherhood? Well, everything, because generally speaking, mom feels 100% responsible for the outcome of their child. Uh, regardless of how things turn out, they're 100% responsible. But mom, do you have 100% control? You probably knew this before you came to church today, but if not, this will be a news flash to you. Did you know that your child has a free will? <laughs> have you figured that out yet? You probably have. And uh, you do not have total authority over that free will. But So again, wh- why the guilt? Well, again, that doesn't mean just because we recognize that and we can sit and laugh and say, yeah, my child has a free will. But we still feel all the responsibility, don't we? And if they're not right and living right and doing right, somehow it's all on us. Uh, Moms, that that math just doesn't add up. And uh, luckily here, we have Raquel to relieve you of all guilt. I'm going to add to her load, actually, as I I introduce her. But she's just going to help uh, you see how this works for mothers. Well, I think God will have a bigger piece to play in relieving us of the guilt. But if you Google guilt and motherhood, you will uh, get over half a million articles on motherhood and guilt connected together, those two words. So guilt is real. We all know that mom guilt, right? And even Google knows that, that guilt, mom guilt is a real thing. You know, for me, just hearing the word motherhood and guilt in the same sentence, you know, gets my mind erasing of, you know, my own failures and things that I have um, 
maybe not done as well as I would have liked. And I'm sure every mother here can think of a time in your child's life that of something you did or said maybe you feel guilty for, um, maybe something you should have said that you didn't say. You know, motherhood and guilt are almost synonymous with one another. Um, we have so many things that we can feel guilty for in our children's life. You know, I know for myself, it's, you know, there's guilt maybe not providing enough materialistically or maybe providing too much materialistically. Or we can feel guilt for being maybe too strict with our children or guilt for not providing enough emotionally for our family. Maybe guilt for not being present enough for all of their activities. And again, uh, maybe guilt for being too strict with your children. Did I already say that one? Maybe guilt for giving too many responsibilities, guilt that you, your child picked up a bad habit and you know they got it directly from you, right? You ever feel guilty for that? Maybe guilt for losing control and your temper, yelling at your kids maybe one too many times. Maybe that guilt's deserved. I've probably done that one one too many times. But, or maybe guilt for not allowing your children to have the pet they've begged for your entire life. Or not. Maybe not. No guilt there. There's even a statistic that says mothers put their own insecurities on their kids. So not only will they have their own insecurities, but then we're going to give them ours as well. So more guilt for that. We have four children between the ages of 24 and 14. And they are all at the age now where they feel capable of analyzing and commenting on our parenting style. And boy, do they. You know, it's amazing. I've got four children. We have four children. And they have the same parents. They grew up in the same home and even the same church. And they all have different views of how we've done as parents. Now, not naming names specifically of my four children, Brian, Luke, David, and Rebecca, but here is some of the feedbacks that we've received over the last few years. We're too strict. Uh, We give too many chores and responsibilities. Um, I actually got this one from one of my children. Uh, Didn't give them enough chores. They wish they grew up on a farm so they could learn real work. I have no problem shipping him off to some farm. No problem at all. Uh, my, of course, my favorite one I've, of all times that I've heard from more than one child is that they wish they were in a different family. Maybe I wish that too. I don't know. I also had a child tell me that we had the best family, so I guess they counteract each other. Of course, they've heard we're too strict. Have I said that? Um, and get this one. I love this one. We're too churchy. Well, I don't think there's anything I can do about that one. I have a child who wished I didn't make them take music lessons. And then, of course, they wish I didn't let them quit music lessons. And then, of course, we're too strict. Um, But, you know, as parents, we're doing the best that we can. You know, we're not making, you know, these rules to ruin our child's life. Our goal as parents is to, you know, protect and care for our children and care for their future, to give them skills to help them be successful people. Um, But we have made our share of mistakes, as I'm sure you have as well. And I know we both have felt guilty at times for some of the mistakes that we've made. And guilt is definitely something that I've struggled with over the mistakes that we've made as parents. But, you know, ultimately I've had to come to a place in my life um, where I bring those mistakes to God because there's nothing I can do to change the past or my failures, present, past, or even future. 
Um, but I can pray for God's mercy and grace in my kid's life. And, you know, ultimately I've placed my kids in God's hands. You know, I've brought my failures and mistakes to God, and I've asked for his help and his grace in the areas where I have failed. And the truth is there is nothing that is too difficult for God, even our mistakes. God is bigger than all of our weaknesses. He's bigger than all of our failed parenting attempts. You know, I want more than anything, I want my kids to fulfill God's plan for their life. More than I want them to, more than I want to be the best parent, I want my kids to follow God's plan and purposes for their life. But the truth is, I can't make that happen. Only God can make sure that works out in their life. And In my faith, in my walk with God, I've had to go on my knees and ask God to fill in the gap for my failures and mistakes. And as I've brought um, my kids to God, their their lives to God, and placed them at this feet and and, um, prayed for my children and asked God to continue to guide them and lead them and protect them, you know, regardless of what kind of parents we've been, you know, in spite of our mistakes, you know, and even when our kids are making choices that seem in direct opposition to what God would want for them, I know that there is nothing that is beyond God. In fact, sometimes those are the very things God will use in our children's life to propel them forward in their walk and in their faith in God. You know, so I just want to encourage you, regardless of where your children are at right now, um, look to God and his ability. Look to God and his grace. But Because the, the truth is, there is nothing too difficult for God. Instead of looking where your children are at and maybe the mistakes that you made, look to God and his ability. What is he capable of doing in spite of us? What is he able to do? You know, I've, we've given our children over to God in prayer. And when you do that, you give over that guilt as well. If you keep your focus on God and his ability, in his power, in his strength, and take your focus off of where your children are at right now and maybe the mistakes that you feel that they are making or the mistakes that you've made with them, look to God. Do the best that you can, but bring your children to God in prayer and allow him to guide and direct them through your prayers and through his strength. Thank you, Raquel. The second area that moms tend to deal with uh, substantially more than the average, and that is fear, at least concerning the children, fear. For some reason, uh, men have a little bit easier time casting those cares and Mom seems to carry that. Now, we all know the answer to fear. You knew that before you come to church. Well, you just have to trust God. You know, we've heard this all of our lives. Just trust God. Well, it's easy to say, but how do you get that into a practical basket that actually relieves you of fear? Well, ultimately, trusting God has to see the hand of God and recognize that he really does have them. He really is taking care of things. And I was just looking at a scripture that I was... I felt like it was just a scripture that was really, you know, clear on, on enabling us to see the hand of God and how just involved God was. And after I was just going through it, I realized what this, how this applied to motherhood. So the scripture, this is actually the Apostle Paul speaking to a group of unbelievers in Athens. And the point that I was trying to make is, gang, we have to trust God. Recognize, moms, that your, your children are swimming in the ocean of God. God's got them. Even when they're straying, Paul's speaking to unbelievers, and, and he says to them that in him, talking about God, in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his 
offspring. So Paul's encouraging even these unbelievers saying, hey, God is a lot more involved than you think he is. And that is ultimately, ultimately that's where trust comes from. Trust, you can't really trust until you see that God's bigger than you think he is. He's involved when you don't see him as involved at all. Even in these unbelievers' lives, he was. But as I was, you know, preparing that, I looked at that, and can you see any potential reason there why mothers might deal with fear? Fear ultimately comes when we kind of take God's role. We don't see God as involved, so we kind of take that role. Do you see where mothers might, this scripture, in the scripture, why mothers might have a little more temptation to play God? We'll put mother in that, in him, for in her, uh, in her we live and move and exist. Was there ever a period of time where that was true? There's at least nine months of our lives where we're in her, aren't we? In her, we're living and moving and existing. You know, it makes some sense that it is a little bit more challenging for mom uh, to kind of, you know, the, the cord gets cut, but then to, to, to cut that ultimately and just truly trust God uh, and just trust him that he has our children, he's taking care of them, and let that fear go. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but God does care for them. Okay. Well, remember I told you if you Googled motherhood and guilt, you'd get over half a million art- articles on that. Well, if you Google fear, and motherhood, you'll get over 12 million articles that Google will pull, pull up for you. You know, fear is a very real thing. Fear and anxiety can even have a crippling effect. It's a very tangible and real emotion that can literally alter our lives. As a child, I grew up with a great deal of fear, so much so that it was very paralyzing for me. You know, I had felt I had so much to worry about, and, and you know, I did have some abuse going on in the home, so there was things for me to, you know, be afraid of. Well, as I got older, then I got married, and not only did I have to worry about myself, but now I have to worry about my husband. And, you know, make sure he behaves and do everything he's supposed to. But not only that, but now I have to worry about what he wears. And if you know my husband, this is a very real fear, all right? Because not only is he fashionably challenged, but he is very colorblind. And he does not believe, actually, that he's that colorblind. And he also doesn't believe that it hinders his ability to choose his own clothing. It's a real struggle. It's a real struggle, let me tell you. But then you add a child to that mix, or more than one children, and if you Google newborn and concerns, things you need to be worried about with a newborn, he's going to give you over 23 million articles on concerns with newborns. So raising children brings its own set of fears and anxiety, and being a mother is difficult enough in this world, just being a mother, but then you add where we're at in society. You add the internet and smartphone and YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and sexting and texting. And there's a whole new fear right there. And it's real, right? So how are we going to raise our children in an environment without fear, without anxiety, and with faith, you know, raising our children? But don't forget that earlier statistic I gave you 
Mothers put their own insecurities on their kids. So if you live a life of fear, guess who is also going to live a life of fear? Your children. So we need to overcome and model for our children living without guilt, living without fear, and living a life of faith. Is it even possible in our society? You know, is it possible to live and raise children without fear, without anxiety? And I can tell you it absolutely is possible because God knows something that Google doesn't. He's given us his word, and his word is living and active, and it's sharper, the Bible says, than a sword. So what is God telling us? God is telling us in his word that he's literally giving us a weapon as believers. He's given us a weapon to fight against temptation and fear and guilt and worry in this life. He's given us a weapon that we can find peace and strength even in the most difficult of times. And I can tell you, I've experienced God's peace and strength in spite of an abusive childhood, uh, marital difficulties, lots of those, angry children, newborn children, toddler children, teen children, pastoring a church for over 20 years. Has it been that long? You know, but you can have peace even amidst all that. And I can promise you, it's not been a bed of roses for us. And it's not been just the highlights I've shared on Facebook. There have been some real struggles. There have been some real difficulties. But I've learned throughout the process to, le- to learn to feed on God's word, to obey God's word, and to be a part of a community of believers who are serving God alongside one another and his people. And with that, I've learned to live a life with peace and joy even in the difficult times. You know, there are verses in the Bible that I have clung to, prayed through, spoken over my life and my family's life hundreds of times. And I just want to encourage you, you know, in whatever you are struggling with, you find out what God has to say. Forget Google. What does God have to say about what we're dealing with and about our life? Because I promise you, if you will look to God as your source, not just for information, but your source of how to live a life free, how to live a life of peace and joy, he has those answers. You know, for myself, I I told you I was consumed with fear. And how I was able to overcome that was with God's word. I, when I used to read a paper Bible, now I use you version, but I had a Bible and I highlighted through my whole Bible, everything I could find on fear, because that's what I was really struggling with. I was, and I highlighted it with green so that when I would sit down to do my devotionals, I could flip through my Bible real quick and find all the green and just focus on those verses. And I want to encourage you, if you will take the time to find out what God has to say about whatever it is that you are dealing with, that's where you're going to find your peace and your strength. Amen. The last one that we're going to discuss that mothers uh, deal with substantially more than the average. Well, first of all, let me just read you a couple of, of quotes that kind of set it up. And I think then that you'll know what we're talking about. The first is a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said this, there was never a child so lovely that his mother was not glad to get him asleep. Uh, Another one is a cartoon that showed a psychologist talking to a mother. He said, let's see. You spend 50% of your energy on your job, 50% on your husband, and 50% on your children. I think I see your problem. In case you didn't add up those 50s, that was three of them, and that adds up to more than 100%, which is pretty common. Uh, for mom to feel um, responsible. We're back to that beginning spot. Uh, Once you bear more responsibility than you actually have real power, uh, things don't go well. And the last category is just exhaustion. I mean, that's something that we all can tend to get tired, but uh, mom seems to feel that pressure 
uh, whether she's at home or work or ever, that responsibility. And it adds up uh, to a picture that just doesn't work out. And uh, Raquel's going to help us with that. Well, motherhood, as we know, can be very tiring. Mentally, physically, emotionally, it can be exhausting. And if you've ever hidden in the bathroom just to get away from everybody for a little while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We moms, we know that, well, in some homes, that's the most sacred place where nobody will interrupt you. It's not always true in every home or my home. But, you know, there were days when all four of our children were young, and, you know, by the time I would get in bed at night and sit down and lay down, that would be the first time I would, you know, sit down for the entire day. And just that exhaustion that you would feel, um, in cases like that. And then there are days that literally every part of my body hurt. I was so tired. You know, motherhood is very exhausting because it just, it doesn't just pull on you physically. It pulls on you emotionally. You know, there were, and there are times as moms, when your children are young, that, you know, you can't just sit down and rest because you're always about thinking about the next thing that has to get done. Because when you have young kids, guess what? There's always something undone, right? Even when you make something done, they come and undo it right after you have done it. You know, so it's hard to sit and relax and and find that time to recoup and and strengthen yourself. You know, and that's when we need to realize as moms, one of the most important things that we need to do is have a devotional time where we take time, quiet time away, get away from everybody and everything, whatever that takes for you to do. I've heard of moms literally hiding in closets to do this, but whatever it takes, Uh, to have that place in your life where you make space and room for you to develop a relationship with God. Time where, you know, even if you start at five minutes, there's no guilt here. If five minutes is where you're at, that's okay. Start there. It's, I can tell you it's where I started. When I began reading the Bible, honestly, it was boring and I didn't understand it and I did not enjoy it. And you know, that's okay. But I knew it was God's word and I knew I needed it. So there were times I just pushed through and there are times I left a devotional and I felt like, oh, I didn't get anything out of that, but you know, I wasted five, 10 minutes. But I want to encourage you, if you will continue to push back past that, past that time and continue to put that as a habit in your life. And for me, as I have done that, made that a habit in my life, where I just take five, 10 minutes of my day, I read a devotional, you could listen to a worship music, you get alone and you just have quiet with your thoughts, and hopefully you're going to be hearing from God. If you are never quiet in your mind within sitting with God's word, you're never going to be able to really hear from God. You know, if your mind is, you know, running a mile a minute and your life is so full, there's no room to actually hear and commune with God. So you need to take some time so you can develop that relationship with him. And I've done that through the years, and it's looked different at different times in my life. You know, the time of day, based on what activities I had with my children going on, whether it be morning, whether it be night, middle of the afternoon, whatever works for you, find that time where you start, and you don't skip it. And you begin, just even if it's five minutes, with a devotion, a worship song, whatever that takes for you to take that time. And I want to encourage you, you're your time with God will grow. Your time with God will begin to nourish and encourage you. And as that happens, you'll find that you'll have less exhaustion. You'll have more energy to do the things that you need to do. And not only that, you know, there might be things in your life that you're doing that you're really not supposed to be doing. There might be decisions come up and 
decisions that you need to make that maybe aren't God's plan for you. And maybe it'll just keep you spinning in this wheel of life as opposed to just growing and doing what God has called you to do. But if you never sit back and take time to hear the voice of God and talk and commune with him, you're not going to know those answers. So I want to encourage you, for, for your sake, for your family's sake, for your children's sake, spend time with God every day. Put that into your calendar, just a devotional time where you'll begin. And I promise you, you will experience uh, a change in your life. Thank you, Raquel. I want to share one final thing that I've watched uh, Raquel do. I mean, all three of these things are things that she've, she's dealt with. But just conversing with her, I know that she's done this Thing, this last thing I'm going to share uh, amazingly well. Uh, let me read it to you in a quote. This is actually, you know, found in Scripture, but sometimes when we read a more current author, it might, it might make sense to us a little better. Uh, here's the quote by George Eliot, and he says this, It's never too late to be what you might have been. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Now, you can find that many places stated slightly differently in Scripture. Paul said, forgetting that which is behind, I strain toward that which is ahead, towards God's plan. But just read this again. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't we all have that memory? And for, for most, it's a haunting thing of what I might have been, the mom I might have been. But how much help does that do if, if, that, if, that's, doing, if that's doing nothing but haunting you? Oh, what I might have been. Oh, if I would have just done it. And I've watched. And in talking to Raquel, I've watched her do this. Set aside the guilt. It's just not going to be... And and channel that energy into something a little bit more proactive, a little bit more profitable. But you can't really channel that if you don't ultimately believe it really is possible to... And it makes a difference if I'm going to be that person today. Because the temptation is to believe, well, it's too late. It's too late. Either the kids are grown up. I talked to a mother this past week who... Only had one child, and they had already passed on. So if there's ever a temptation to believe, well, it's, it's too late for me. Gang, we're, we're living before God. God is the one who's doing the math. God is the one who's adding this all up. And that is a complete lie to believe that it's just too late. It is, that's not true. It is not too late, and it makes a difference. I know my mother now, my father passed away this, this past year, and mom is alone now, and I... I have a little inkling of this. I know she feels this a little bit, but I've got a temptation to believe she believes this a lot more than it's true, that her influence on us is over. And, and for her to continue growing or to be that mom that she might have been is, is, is a waste of time now. It's not. It's not. Let's be those people. Mom, can I just so strongly encourage you that guilt isn't going to help you. It's not too late to be to be right now. And it's going to, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. God is the one adding it up. And it makes a difference. One more time. It's never too late to be what you might have been. You can be that today. I'm going to ask Raquel. Raquel, will you, let's just bow our head and close your eyes. And Raquel, will you pray for the mothers here today? Heavenly Father, we come to you because you are a source of strength of peace, of healing, of forgiveness, God. We come to you, and I lift up every mom here today, God. You know their needs. You know every hair on their head, and you know exactly what they need today. And I just pray that by your spirit, God, that you would reveal yourself to every woman here, that they would feel encouraged today, they would feel strengthened with your peace and your love, God, and you would just reveal um, 
the future for them going forward, how they can be the woman that you have called them to be, to live a life of triumph and victory, God, to live a life of faith, following after you, God. I just pray that every woman would experience that, they would know in that, they would grow in that, God, in Jesus' precious name. Now, for this last part, I, I apologize uh, for the awkwardness of it, but it's really just felt in my heart to do this. Would all the women please stand up? I know sometimes we feel uncomfortable with that, but would you stand up? And There's not a woman in here now. There may be a few that say, well, I'm not a mother. Um, uh, you have, every woman in here has children on your heart uh, that you are influencing and raising. And just before, let's just bow our head and close our eyes again. And I'm going to ask Raquel to pray for all of our children that we feel that responsibility for. But just before she does that, would you just quickly whisper the names of those children that are your own or those that you feel that responsibility for? And Raquel, then, pray for these children. Heavenly Father, we just come to you again, Lord, because, again, you are our source. You are a source of strength, of everything we need. God, I just... Lift up every person here today who called out a name of a child, God. You know every hair on our child's head. You know the path and plan that you have for them, God. And as much as we love our children and want to see them succeed, God, how much more do you love them and want to see them succeed? So, God, we lift our children up to you. We give our children's lives over to you, God. And we know that there is nothing too difficult for you, God. You said that your arm is not too short to save or your ear too dull to hear. You also said in your word, there is no place that we can go that we are too far from you. No place we can go where we can leave your presence, God. So no matter where our children are today, where they are physically, where they are emotionally, or where they are spiritually, God, they are not too far from you. They will never be too far from you, God. So we just ask in the name of Jesus for every one of our children, God, that you would reveal yourself to them. Open up their eyes to all that you have for them. Help them to follow the path and plan that you have for them, God. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, if there's any hindrances in their life, God, that you would make a way to remove those hindrances from them following after you. And I just pray, God, that you would reveal yourself. You would send people across their paths. You would open up their heart and their eyes to truth, God, and that you would continue to keep them because you said in your word, you are able to keep them from falling. And so we lift up and we give our children to you. We give the guilt to you, God, and we trust in you because you are the God of the universe, the creator of all mankind, and you said there is nothing too difficult for you, so we trust you in this today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Moms, thank you. Thank you. Just the very fact that you're here today, mothers, I know the, the work and the energy, but Just remember this, it's never too late and every time you obey God, anything you do to obey God, hopefully you leave here feeling a little bit of his strength and his grace and it pays. Just being here is obeying God. He tells us to gather together so, and he is a rewarder. So just continue, continue to put in that energy that it takes to obey God and he will ultimately reward 